Everyone, before we get into today's episode, I want to take a second to acknowledge Vouch. With over 4,000 startups insured, from napkin sketch ideas to large IPOs, Vouch is the insurer of choice for crypto companies, including L1s, L2s, DAOs, protocols, and a whole lot more. Their exclusive coverages are enhanced for crypto, covering everything from regulatory defense to smart contract vulnerabilities. With Vouch, you're not just insuring your startup, you're investing in peace of mind so you can keep on building. You'll hear more about Vouch later in the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Empire. We have uh, Sandeep, one of the founders of Polygon. So Sandeep, man, welcome uh, welcome to Empire, my friend. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Jason, for having me here. Yeah, of course, man. So uh, what I want to talk about today is Polygon 2.0, which is super exciting. And the way I was thinking about prepping, like doing a little prep for this episode and was reminded by how much you guys have going on at Polygon, right? You have Polygon Proof of Stake, right? The Proof of Stake Network. You have Polygon ZK EVM. You have Polygon Maiden, right? You have uh, Polygon Supernets, which is kind of the like app chain focused scaling solution. Uh, you have Polygon ID. And, uh, and then you have like what I think a lot of folks who listen to Empire know you for, which is like these crazy big biz dev deals with, you know, folks like Reddit and uh, I think it was maybe Nike too and Starbucks and folks like that. And it seems like your goal for Polygon 2.0 is is bringing this all together through this kind of network of, of zero knowledge L2 blockchains. Um, so I think what, what, what would be helpful here is before getting into the what of Polygon 2.0, I'd love to get into like the why of Polygon 2.0 and, and why this is the it feels like the culmination of all of your work the past five years. Would love to hear about yeah. that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the why for 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 us has remained always very very uh, you know it has been has been very very consistent, and that is how do we create the Web three infrastructure for mass adoption? Right? It's, it might sound you know cliched. Uh, because of the last four or five years, because we are all stuck in the same, uh, you know, same stage where everybody keeps saying that we want to see mass adoption, mainstream adoption and whatnot. But here we are now where we still don't have a lot of good applications built on Web3. But basically, the goal is that from our side is is to create that infrastructure. I would argue that we don't have dApps because we don't have scaling as of now. None of the chains or none of the applications that you see today uh, or, you know, people keep saying that there is so much of block space, but where are the applications? They, none of these actually, uh, you know, none of, none of the applications have that kind of scalability. Like if any one of them, you know, goes really viral and starts having like 1 million, 2 million daily active users, that, cha- that app alone will break the chain, whatever that app app is or whatever that chain is so that's why like you know the quest is that we create this infinitely scalable um, you know blockchain infra where people can develop these trustless applications and grow it to multi-million users so that 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 that's where the that that is the why of that like why is yes like we believe that web3 is basically the next evolution of humanity like how we conduct our businesses like how we live we live our lives in the in these digital worlds uh, for the mo- for most of the times and you know all the all our digital life is controlled by uh, some institutions which are in the middle like you know in this case we are recording let's say via some third party the uh, you know online podcasting or you watch youtube or you are a, you are on email Everywhere there is a middle party and big institution involved in between. And we all know that how much, uh, you know, the low trust environment has got created in the past few uh, decades. So, you know, why Web3? Obviously, we need, we we, we seem or we expect this new uh, trustless era to come in wherein uh, like applications or our digital life that we are living, we can live it, live this life more trustlessly. And, uh, you know, and hence we need an infra which can actually accommodate, let's say, 100 million users, 100 million daily active users, right? And uh, for that, I don't think anybody, any infrastructure, uh, you know, chain or anything is ready. And Polygon 2.0 is our, like, you know, attempt to 
consolidate all the kind of different parts of the research that we have done, whether it's like the, it was the Polygon POS, which started as a plasma or with the ZK, which includes like different kinds of like, you know, EVM, non-EVM, like Maiden, for example, is non-EVM and all of these things coming together in, in like a, uh, environment which has consolidated liquidity because what we are building is this this whole ecosystem is about building uh, these uh, uh, you know financial rails for this new age you know fi- finance world like you know right now <clears throat> blockchains are still primarily confined towards the financial use cases and these financial use cases uh, you know need this uh, modern environment and we need like we need this environment to be infinitely scalable as well as, you know, the liquidity needs to be consolidated. Like I keep giving this example of like, if you see the web two world today, the web two world is practically, practically infinitely scalable. You can launch as many applications every other day, new websites, new applications are launched, more capacity, more servers are added into the system. But the current web two system is the internet of information. So in information is, very uh, seamlessly interoperable like you know we are talking like i am i am probably on uh, you know uae's network and you are somewhere in the us internet uh, us's uh, network and these networks are connected with each other we can create share and exchange information uh, seamlessly same way should be possible with 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 uh, web3 for value and that's why like polygon 2.0 is there infinite scalability you can add as many chains as much scalability into the ecosystem, but the liquidity is still uh, consolidated uh, with one single trust layer or trustless layer, I would say, that is ZK provided by the settlement layer of Ethereum. Hmm. So what's happening? With, what is? How would you define Polygon 2.0? I was reading about it. It seems like there are governance updates, tokenomics updates, uh, the POS moving to kind of, you've got the Validium and then you've got the ZK EVM. Can you give us basically like, Break it down yeah. into a couple of components here of like what's actually happening with 2.0. Yeah. So see all the governance and token update and everything. These are just means to achieve that trustless and right. community governed network. But what the network is doing is very simple. Like if you see, like we started with the quest to build the layer two networks. So we have the Polygon POS chain, which we are like, because when we started, you know, the approach was plasma. People used to talk about state channels, then optimistic rollups came in. And we know the problems with optimistic rollups. They are like kind of a midterm solution. And then, but then, you know, we, and everybody, every researcher in this industry knows that and understands that ZK is the end game for all of this, right? All of these trustless systems or these chains, uh, as you would call it. So, so Polygon, can, can you explain that real quick? Just like before we move forward, can you explain why optimistic is this kind of like short-term solution? Because if you look yeah. at the L2 space, most people mm-hmm. are, like familiar with op, uh, optimism and arbitrum and those are both optimistic solutions right now so yeah. can you explain why zk yeah. is the yeah absolutely so essentially in these layer twos what exactly you are doing is you are having you are doing some computation on an off-chain environment right which is like let's say the chain of you know optimism arbitrum whatever it is right and you essentially with layer two what you want to do is you want to prove this computation completely on ethereum and you want to make sure that users, if the users stop trusting this chain, they can exit uh, based on Ethereum only. They, they don't have to come to this chain. They can exit from Ethereum only. These are the two main things that you're trying to do. How optimistic rollups achieve that is they say that, okay, you have to do computation on a separate side where you, so that you can scale. But what you have to do is you have to still provide all the data back to Ethereum and the proofs of the you know state transitions. Why you have to provide all the data? And that is exactly why it's called optim- optimistic, right? Optimistic means like there is nothing special that you are doing. Technologically, why? Technology-wise, it's a fairly simple technology if you see. Like there is nothing special you are doing. What you are doing is optimistically assuming that these the, the layer two chains are working fine. The sequencer, single operator sequencer is working in uh, working fine. But you expect the sequencer to put the data and the proof on Ethereum. And if something goes wrong, since all the data of the transactions is on Ethereum in a minified way, anybody can actually check if the chains are working fine. And the moment you find that there is some level of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, fraud has happened or, uh, you know, the code has been executed in a, in a bad way, in a fraudulent way, 
then somebody can initiate this is called fraud proof and there is a delay of seven day you you do a seven day withdrawal period that's why you know when you use optimistic rollup it needs it takes seven days for you to withdraw your money back to the main chain the reason for that is that uh, you need to give enough time for everybody in the community and you assume that somebody would be watching this and the moment they find something some fraud in that they will raise uh, you know the fraud proof that's why you need a seven day withdrawal period but if you see as a technology wise as i explained there is a fairly simple technology all the transactions are happening on layer 2 you put all the data back on ethereum and you put all the proofs back on ethereum that's why the costs are also you know fairly high for optimistic rollups right because you are putting all the data back on ethereum even though it's minified but you still have to pay but with in case of zk what you are doing is zk is like you know without going into the details of zk what zk is allowing you to prove a computation that you did just by providing me a a, a kind of a constant size proof constant size proof means that which which takes same amount of computation every time for me to verify so let's say you are that chain let's say uh, jason right and you executed 100000 transactions you don't need to give me the data of those 100000 transactions you don't you know you don't i don't need to know anything about that all you need to give give to me is that here is your zk proof of all the previous like you know the the, the current state right uh, current state to the next state and you just give me the proof i i verify it on ethereum and the moment i verify i am 100% sure that everything you did it is correct so you can already imagine the amount of scale you can achieve right now with optimistic rollups you have to put all the data back on ethereum whereas with zk rollups you you don't even need to put the data back on ethereum you can have it off chain and as far as that data has fair enough data availability uh, you know guarantees for you you are fairly sure, fairly sure that this operator cannot cheat with it because that zk proof the mathematical proof is will not allow so you can say that trust model is in zk it's fully being trusted by maths in case of optimistic rollups you are relying on some sort of socio economic games that somebody from the community might be watching it and will raise the fraud proof another problem with that is like the optimistic chains let's say you have one chain it's fine like you can assume somebody is running a full node of the chain and which is these are fast chains right these produce fast blocks and running a running a node for a layer 2 chain you know cost you around let's say you know maybe uh, at least 2 to 3000 or 5000 dollars a month roughly right if you want to run all the chain to check the check for the fraud right so 60000 dollars a year minimum i am saying you want to you want to run you you need to run a full node now imagine you have 10 optimistic chains now somebody from the community needs to run these 10 nodes minimum and this is the minimum requirement otherwise you are testing that guy only right and so it's just, that's 600k if let's say this is 10 if it is 100 chains now the similarly the cost goes to 6 million dollars somebody has to run or the as a community as a whole has to hmm. run 6 million dollar worth of nodes to constantly check for those fraud proofs so hence those socio economic proofs do not scale especially for the app chains they do not scale whereas in case of zk proofs you can have like millions and millions of chains you don't care as far as the chain is the proof is being submitted to ethereum you don't care whether there is a guy uh, who is sitting on a college dorm room and he has built a game and you are using that game and you have 500000 dollars in that game you don't you don't mind that much right and uh, same case like you can think about this app chain thesis Uh, like how why it did not like you know cosmos like i love cosmos community uh, you know one of my favorite projects in the ecosystem but then cosmos app chains do not scale because of this property only right because you have like 10 chains one of them has 100 validators which is fairly secure but others have like five validators and all of these chains are connected with ibc so the if you are moving 1 million dollar from this uh, five validator chain to the 100 validator chain you know the 100 validator chain needs to trust these five validators because if there is a fraudulent let's say consensus uh, fraud that happened on that five validator chain now you are stuck with a 1 million dollar which is a bad uh, value that came to you in case of zk if both these chains were sharing zk proofs with each other it doesn't happen and that's what is one of the main thesis behind the polygon 2.0 as we go along on that Got it. So what you're saying is the, all, all the governance changes, the tokenomics changes, changing Matic to Pol. Th- these are all secondary things that are the goal is to move forward this zk EVM network. Yeah, this- zk EVM network, which has two key characteristics. As I said, the characteristics first, infinite scalability, that you have 
the, you can have 10,000 chains in this ecosystem for everything works perfectly fine as far as the ZK proof is going back on Ethereum. Second, unified liquidity. Infinite scalability, unified liquidity. How you unify, liquid, how you unify liquidity is we have this LXLY bridge, which is which we are going to launch a faster version of that. Is all these chains liquidity is connected into one single bridge. So you can move your funds from one chain to another without going to Ethereum. Right mm -hmm. now, this kind of interoperability you will get in 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 let's say every 30 minutes but then very soon you will have a fast uh, aggregator layer which we call the aggregator layer currently or interop layer where each chain can actually push their proof every 10 seconds and every 10 seconds you know once the chain has pushed the zk proof on this aggregator layer every other chain can simply observe the zk proof and allow any kind of incoming or outgoing transaction value coming to and fro from this chain so you know all these chains become interoperable at a you know at a at a time scale of like 2 to 10 seconds and if you see if you want to see like that let's say i am on a gaming chain and i want to swap my game tokens against usdc on polygon zk evm so i do a transaction this game chain submits a proof in 10 seconds the moment this proof is submitted in 10 seconds the other chain let's say zk evm now knows that this particular proof has come in from this chain and any cross-chain transaction I'm sending, ZK, ZK, ZKVM chain knows that, okay, this transaction is legit, is kosher. And, you know, I do the swap. And then now the ZK proof, ZK chain submits the proof in 10 seconds. And now if I have a USDC going back to the gaming chain, the gaming chain knows that ZKVM has executed correctly. And it allows me to get my USDC back. So hmm. in 20, 25 seconds, you get, you are, you are on a different chain. You don't have to bridge and all that stuff. You just yep. do a one single trustless transaction, one or two trustless transactions, and you are done. That hmm. is the kind of, so what it starts doing is all these chains then start feeling like one single block space. And this whole block space can have now millions and millions in TPS, let's say, I mean, millions in TPS over the time as these things scale. And if you actually, you know, look back, you will see the internet has also scaled in the same way. And, you know, from the Polygon side, like we are not here to, you know, uh, kind of, you know, create a project which is like, you know, which happens in crypto cycles that you have a project and, you know, for one cycle, it's, it's great and all that. No, like we are very clear that we want to become, as I have also said, that, you know, we want to become top three players or top three projects in the space. BTC, Ethereum, they have had a big impact on the, on, on the world and we want to be the third project, you know, after them. Or like join a list of these projects which have that level of impact. That's the goal of Polygon, and there is huh. absolutely no, uh, you know, compromise on that. So, Sandeep, extend this vision out like more than just one year. Like, if I'm if I'm if I'm trying to get inside your brain for a second and like think about your maybe five year vision or something, I feel like where you're going with this is uh, your vision of the world might be you have this like zk tech that basically makes it possible to prove a wild variety of things like maybe you could have cosmos chains on polygon or optimistic rollups let's say someone does decide to do optimistic rollups they could still build on on polygon right or uh, absolutely yeah You're starbucks absolutely. wants to build and uniswap wants to build and gynecology dorm room wants to build this all happens on polygon is that that's your longer term vision yeah our goal is that you know you have this block space which is basically essentially everybody's trying to create trustless computation i think that blockchains uh, you know, the trustless computation is actually a much bigger phenomena. Like we all think when we talk about blockchain, we talk about decentralization. But actually, it's not the right thing. Decentralization is a means to achieve trustless computation. Now, with Bitcoin, that trustless computation is payments, right? Ethereum, that trustless computation is any kind of generic program. So uh, we all are trying to create this trustless computation environment. And as polygons, take, uh, you know, you, to answer your question very specifically, that what we are looking for is that imagine in five years from now, you have like, you know, 10, 20 or like uh, tens of thousands of chains, 10, 20, 30,000 chains, which are all like, you know, which can be layer ones, which have their own tokens, which are validiums, rollups. You can define them in two big categories, validiums and rollups. Rollups means you are putting your data also back on Ethereum and validiums means you can, you are, you can, you are having your data off chain. So you can be a layer one, nobody cares. Right, you know, you can be a layer one having data on your side, but you're still proving back on Ethereum. So there is one single, the baseline of security for everyone is the moment you receive a proof of a chain on, on Ethereum, you know that 
that that execution till now is perfectly uh, it, it has been done perfectly there's no fraud so the the, the in five year old five five year long goal would be that you have these tens of thousands of chains all of them connect back into ethereum settle back into ethereum using these zk proofs and there is cross chain interconnectivity uh, you know possible with them and this is also infinitely scalable like you know from 20000 it could go to 100000 chains it can go to 500000 chains this architecture that at polygon 2.0 that we have proposed it will still scale hmm. so that's the main point and then you if you ask like some of the researchers in the space they would tell you that this is probably like you know very bold but also one of the most practical uh, you know architectures uh, which whether it's polygon or somebody else but whatever comes out of this would look very similar to this when somebody when a protocol comes out or a pro, uh, or, or a project which becomes the mainstream web3 uh, like or become aws of web3 everybody is using them they will have something similar in their in their architecture yeah so you what, i mean what you're really implying is this isn't just the end game for polygon but this is the end you think this is the end state for what infrastructure should look like absolutely 100%. yeah um, all right. So I would describe Polygon as like a side chain. I think uh, maybe is the word to use right now. And you're moving Polygon to this. POS. That's that's our biggest branding problem. That Polygon POS. Until the time we recently yeah. announced that Polygon POS will be upgraded to zk. Till the time we upgrade it to that, like you know, Polygon branding will have this problem. Like people think Polygon POS is a side. Polygon POS yeah. is a side chain, but Polygon zk EVM, for example, is a full blown layer two. It it is as layer two as it gets. Okay. Right? True, uh, so true, many, true. So, yeah. but like, um, but you keep, so, okay, so then why? So you're moving to the ZK EVM Validium. This is where some of the technicalities go beyond me, but would you ever think about going, becoming a full scale, like a full scale rollup? Because the way I understand like a full, like a full scale rollup versus a Validium is uh, there's, there's slight differences there. Like you were just yeah. explaining. Yeah. 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 So Polygon POS will will always remain a validium because it has its own validators which are storing the data right but the zk proofs are implemented it is putting a data it is putting uh, the zk proofs back on ethereum till that time currently so okay let me explain again yeah current polygon pos is a side chain it has its own validators it just you know puts a checkpoint back on ethereum for the current state of the chain once the zk proof plugs back into the polygon pos chain because the data is still managed by the validators, Polygon POS becomes a validium, right? But mm. Polygon ZK EVM is a separate chain which puts both the data ah. and the proof back on Ethereum. So that's a full-blown roll-up. So the Polygon 2.0 architecture, which is a multi-chain architecture, it will have validiums, it will have roll-ups. Who knows? Like, as you said, like it might have Cosmos chains, right, which are right. it might have some layer ones which are proving back on Ethereum. So that's, that's, that's what it's about. Got it. One last question on this, then we can move past it. Right now you have, how many validators do you have? Like a hundred validators or something? Yes. And they, yeah. they control the bridge back to Ethereum. Yes. That, that will change with this, right? That will become trustless. Then the validators don't control the bridge. Got it. They just control the sequencing of the transaction. I and why, that. why that is also important is that Think about like, you know, the current layer layer tools that are there, like, you know, which includes Polygon, ZKVM, includes Arbitrum, includes uh, Optimism. Why, like, you know, I think we, you know, the, the Ethereum community has not discussed that much because, you know, we try to follow the narratives. But actually, if you have a single sequencer uh, chain and which is, which is, let's say, very big in DeFi, right? For example, base chain. Now imagine on that base chain or I am Polygon ZKVM or let's say I am Arbitrum or Optimism and there is a high volatility period in the market where there is a 100 million loan from my team only let's say. Whoever is running the sequencer, sequencer has a 100 million loan on Aave which can get liquidated because of the volatility period, right? And now there is an incoming transaction from an Oracle which is changing the price, which is like updating the price. I can simply for that, like you know, the blip where the Vic goes below and then comes back. I can simply censor the Oracle transaction at that point in time, so that my loans are not liquidated and then bring it back. So, mm -hmm. the for the DeFi chains, eventually all these layer ones. For now, it's okay. People are trusting the the the, the sequencer team or the project team that they are running it. Okay, but eventually for DeFi, at least if a chain wants to be layer two chain wants to be DeFi chain, they need to be decentralized so that 
if one sequencer is not accepting oracle's transaction in next second or two seconds later on other one will accept that so with polygon pos i think that it will become the first layer two which is fully decentralized once it gets updated hopefully like you know it becomes first but maybe by that time some other layer two also is able to launch something decentralized sequencing hmm. who do you think of as your like if i were sitting in your shoes thinking about my competitive set i'd probably put it in three buckets there's like there's optimism and arbitrum mm-hmm. um then there's probably like coinbase there's like base right and then there's these like zks that you know talk about the tech have like supposedly really good technology but maybe haven't gone to mainnet yet even and yeah. uh you know maybe 2024 even 2025 will be the big years for them yeah. that's kind of like how i would how i would see the three competitor buckets i'm curious if you see it like that and maybe who you think of as like your main competitor there yeah so from, see from the ethereum community uh then in ethereum community right now we are like you know everybody is such an everybody is as at such an early stage that you know thinking that on ethereum community we try to at least like you know maintain that mindset that anybody who's scaling ethereum is fine like we are also right. hard to right. you know, well so but if you ask me the competitors i would say anybody who's providing trustless computation is is a competitor to each other right so because the 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 the, the target addressable market is the same like everybody who's looking to build either in defi either gaming or whatever they are trying to build as a, that's why i said trustless computation is a much bigger phenomena yeah. than you know this decentralized blockchains that we are talking about and uh, anybody who's building that trustless uh, computation engine is in a, in a way is a com- competitor so zk optimistic rollups maybe uh, you know some other approaches that might come up they you know in a way are competing with each other so if i'm a founder listening let's have a founder listening to this i've uh, i just raised my seed round and i'm looking to maybe yeah I don't know, I'm playing play, dabbling and I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out if I should build on base, I should build on optimism, arbitrum, polygon, scroll. Yeah. How do I how do I make that decision? Yeah. So if it de- like it depends on so many things. Like if you are a long-term uh long-term founder, like you are building an application and you believe that this will be a big application in 5 to 10 years, then you have to see i actually look for two three things like i would look for the users maximum integrations like which which particular chain has maximum integrations into various exchanges and uh, various liquidity providers on ramp off ramp uh, which chains have uh, better uh, if i'm building defi for example which chain has more liquidity right uh, if i'm building a gaming application which chain has more of these gaming communities where i can get the early users and things like that but then in the short run as a as a as a as a as a founder many people also look for novelty factor for example because in this market like all people reward is some sort of novelty so right now maybe base chain is a good example good good option where like for the first two three applications five applications who will launch there they will have this novelty factor once they, those have launched then you know it kind of goes away same will be applicable to any other chain which are doing the airdrops like uh, upcoming airdrops for example Arbitrum had a massive airdrop and you know that kind of uh, incubated a lot of projects in their ecosystem so similarly that that will that i feel that will happen for scroll and other things also and maybe you know if polygon is launching some other uh, you know layer 2s and things like that maybe their novelty factor would be there so those kind of things but depends on like if you are building defi you would you would want to choose for liquidity if you are building gaming you would want to choose for distribution to gaming if you are building something like social and all that you would want to have a, a, you know distribution to normal uh like crowd all right everyone wanted to talk about vouch again our favorite insurance provider for crypto companies if you are building in crypto you have probably come to realize that contracts need insurance partners demand insurance and as a founder myself trust me when i say you owe it to not only yourself but your investors and your clients and your customers and i'm not just talking about any insurance Their exclusive coverages are tailored specifically for crypto companies that can address issues like protections for regulatory defense, recognizing DAOs as insured, addressing smart contract vulnerabilities, and even covering the loss of digital assets. They're in it with you whether you're working on L1s, L2s, DAOs, MPC wallet providers, building a protocol and a lot more. So, whether you're just scribbling your next big idea on a napkin or gearing up for a big fundraise or maybe thinking about that IPO or an acquisition, don't leave things to chance. 
Get insured today with 5% off vouchers, exclusive coverage for Empire listeners using code Empire. Think about it this way. With Vouch, you're not just insuring your startup, you are investing in peace of mind. Hey everyone, we'll get back to Empire in just a minute, but before we do that, I wanna let you know that we have Permissionless coming up. Permissionless is big conference that Blockworks and Bankless put on together. It is the biggest, the best DeFi conference in crypto. This year, it is in Austin, Texas, September 11th through 13th. If you've been in crypto for a while, you know that bear market conferences are the best kind of conferences. We have a phenomenal lineup of speakers. A lot of the guests that you hear on Empire are both going to be speaking there. You will have the opportunity to meet them there. And a lot of the topics that we cover on Empire, ZK Tech, Rollups, Account Abstraction, MEV, App Chain Thesis, a lot of that kind of stuff that will all be discussed at Permissionless this year. So because you are a listener of Empire, you get a special discount. That's right. Santi and I negotiated with our marketing team. You get 30% off if you go to blockworks.com forward slash permissionless. Empire 30 is going to get you 30% off your ticket. Today, when I'm recording this, that's about $300 off your ticket. So type in Empire 30 when buying your permissionless ticket, you get about 300 bucks off. Click the link at the bottom of this episode. It's in the show notes. Do it quickly because prices go up all the time. And if you are going to Permissionless, hit me up, let me know, shoot me a DM on Twitter. I would love to meet up with you there. You wanna talk about tokenomics or governance? Mm, I can talk about uh, tokenomics also first uh, because you know, like this is a question from many people that you know, we actually, uh, when we, when we, when we rebranded from Matic Network to Polygon, at that point only we had said that, you know, this is due on us that, you know, we need to upgrade the Matic token, which was a single token, single chain uh, or token chain uh, or single chain token. This will migrate into this multi-chain uh, environment where multi-chain, uh, you know, tokens are there. So I think on that front, uh, you know, what we have built is basically we believe that this pole token is upgradation of Matic and uh, that upgradation allows it to become multi-chain, right? And also allows it to, you know, kind of serve this uh, whole, uh, you know, multiple chain, um, you know, environment. Like when I, what I mean to say is that previously, like I think, and that's why we call it a third generation token uh, because if you see the first generation token BTC, with BTC as a holder, you have no way of holding BTC and, and with that contributing into the eco, uh, contributing into the network. Like you cannot stake that network. You can't, you need to have miners like, you know, which are, which is separate uh, stuff, separate setup to contribute into BTC. Then came Ethereum, especially after the merge. Now you, if you are an Ethereum holder, you can participate in the network for securing the network. And uh, then Polygon kind of tokens will be these third generation tokens where you can actually secure multiple chains in your ecosystem. So not only you can validate and earn rewards transaction fees from one chain, you can earn transaction fees from multiple chains. Hmm. And the second part is that you can also play multiple roles. In Polygon ecosystem, you can be a validator or a sequencer. You can actually be a prover. You can actually become a data availability provider. And you can also be an aggregator of uh, these proofs. And we expect that to for run for running this whole large uh, trustless ecosystem, uh, you you know uh, this this will generate a lot of transaction fees, and that will go to the people who are uh, you know for the poll stakers, which will be running these chains and uh, different different kind of services. So you can also think that poll has kind of like uh, as popularized by eigenlayer like restaking, but we call it like multi staking, like you know because a re, a poly, eigenlayer restaking is uh, built on top of Ethereum protocol, whereas this multi-staking mechanism is built in protocol in Polygon. So you stake a hmm. stake once, and then now you just can subscribe to multiple chains. And let's become a, a validator for for multiple Polygon chains. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. If, huh, if you want. So if let's say you are a validator node, Jason, then you can say that okay, this new chain is coming up, and this is run by let's say base like base is being run by sure. Coinbase exchange. Let's say some other exchange is running. And you would say, okay, I would like to be a validator on this chain. And then you you pick and choose that chain, that kind of stuff. Uh, hmm. you can. And the, the other thing it does that I don't think you just mentioned is it, um, so you guys have this uh, 10 billion f- 
uh, yep. supply cap, right, yep. on, on, on Matic, which is now going to become POL. Uh, you guys are switching to an inflationary model, right? To, yes. I think this is to incentivize validator participation and then probably also just continue funding the treasury in, in, yes. maybe, a, in maybe a better way. But what's the rationale behind that? Yes, yes. So as I said, that the Matic is moving from a single chain token uh, to a multi-chain token. So, you know, we need to have initial validator incentives uh, which can actually incentivize people to run and validate multiple of these chains. So, which means, what it means is that in that case, uh, you know, we have we have a provision for 1% of, uh, you know, uh, addition of this fees every uh, year, 1% every year, which is less than, let's say, I think Bitcoin is 1.8%. Ethereum's also, uh, you know, minting is, but... Ethereum also has burning mechanism, but I think it's more than 1.5% or something like that. So it's very like kind of a low, but base security, uh, you know, rewards for the validators. Like, you know, we all discussed that if BTC, if it, the rewards keeps going down with every halving, right. what is the incentive for the validators to or miners to run that? So that that is one part. Then secondly, we have also provisioned for a limited amount of time from for five to 10 years to have 1% of the treasury in pool token which can be used to further grow the ecosystem, mm. right? And uh, the reason for that is that you see that every other, uh, every other like quarter actually, some new layer two to- token is launching with a fresh treasury. And what happens is that all these, like for example, Arbitrum, Optimism, when they launched, they like the, the, the markets assign them a value based on keeping, let's say, Matic token as a, like originally, you know, when, when it was the only kind of layer two protocol available, the kind of assigns a value around, around that, right? Like in the market cap. And now you have other layer twos like Arbitrum and Optimism being there. The third one, will, whatever protocol will launch their new token, they will also get assigned somewhere there. And those protocols have from day zero, then billions of dollars in treasury. So it kind of puts the treasury or Polygon ecosystem uh, at, a, at, at a kind of a handicap where other ecosystems have much more uh, money to incentivize and grow the chains, grow their uh, kind of ecosystem. So that's why we kind of provision 1% per year for next 10 years. And the community can decide like if it needs to be 2% for the first two years and then 1% for next six years or 2% for five years, all that is flexible. But the point being that the treasury uh, or the community uh, needs to agree that, okay, we need to have, Till the time in next three to five years when these infrastructure wars are going on, Polygon is not handicapped. Uh, Polygon community ecosystem is not handicapped to keep acquiring more and more developers to it because mm-hmm. no other protocol can also uh, kind of, uh, you know, spend more than one, 1.5% of their treasury uh, legitimately if they don't want to experience a huge amount of, you know, sell pressure into the markets. So kind of it kind of puts Polygon at par with, uh, with with other chains, uh, you know, especially who are launching with the new token, because Polygon is like four years old token, ninety percent of its supply is out, and and all those things. So you know, the ecosystem needs a way to sustain and secure and keep grow uh, growing uh, on, on the on the distribution and adoption front. Yeah. So hence the rationale. Um, on the governance side, I mean, we can talk about it quickly. It seems like you guys are basically breaking into three main governance pillars, right? Which is protocol governance. Uh, system smart contracts governance and community treasury governance. Why yes. is why is this the? I'm curious, like what learnings in the last couple of years led to this kind of three yes. pillar model? Yes. So see, see, like the the one is the protocol governance, right? If you see Ethereum and Bitcoin, they are not their core protocol and client development and core things are not not governed by the uh, by the community, right? Like, but they are like Ethereum, for example, has a core devs group. Where, where everybody can join, anybody can join, they can raise their opinions and there is a rough consensus uh, off-chain that happens and then, you know, people upgrade the clients and other uh, other validators also have to upgrade the client. That's the way these are governed. So some of the parts of that, those kind of protocols, we don't think, uh, I think Bitcoin and Ethereum have, have proven to have a very good model and we don't need, you don't need community governance on that. Like where the token holders, which have no understanding of, those hardcore technology details because we want to be we want to be real with the governance like we don't want to call it governance for the sake of calling it governance and asking all the people to vote on things where most of the people have you know don't have much understanding then 
you have the protocol smart contract governance which are the smart contracts which are being uh, you know like all these layer 2 smart contracts where you know they have the bridge contract and all those things so there the community if there are any kind of further any kind of upgrades that are coming coming in we can actually take the vote from the community or put a time a time uh, you know as they call like a like time delay into that time lag uh, and uh, uh, you know with that any kind of upgrade is coming is going it has a let's say 7 to 30 days period where community can review and say okay this change is going in this affects the security everybody take out their money and all that right so that's a governance mechanism so uh, you know no change can go immediately but for for the state of layer 2 as you see like these are smart contracts every other day defi smart contracts get hacked and all that all that and those kind of things uh, with those kind of contracts uh you know nobody can tell in advance so you we also have a we also will and all the layer 2s have this security emergency upgrade community or or uh, security uh, committee all the layer 2s have like in in the past you must have seen that polygon pos a lot of people said that oh this is a multi sig and all that it's just that we did not brand it more fancy like all the all layer 2s big small supported by vitalik whoever it is everybody has that security yeah. committee but again it's is the power of narratives in crypto and you know people kind of uh, you know people who you, you guys have had a couple of uh, those narratives go against you like the sidechain yeah, yeah, yeah. narrative yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah it's it's the it's the same yeah. thing like uh, you know right now for example like the like i mean again uh, you know we don't want to like call that call those things out but actually if you see optimism without the fraud proofs or base chain for example mm-hmm. without the fraud proofs and they are single server side chains at least in our case there are 100 validators on that side chain these are single server side chains right so but but again like no no shit towards optimism and uh, base chain like they are they have been trying to build their part right like whatever we were also trying to build our plasma part but then obviously when you have you know teams from the silicon valley and supported by large vcs and all that it's easier to form those narratives and you know uh, kind of bypass imagine if polygon had done something like that you also are remembering some of those narratives going against if we had done something like that let's say we launched our zk proof without the proofs and say that zk proofs will come later on like we will be killed out there right so you know it, it that's the advantage of being from uh, from the silicon valley and uh, maybe us and all that and having the support of uh, a lot of uh, you know institutional investors and things like that but uh, that, that's perfectly fine uh what i was saying is that yes go, going coming back to the governance that uh the smart contract governance community can also be community vote can also be taken but mostly it will be actually the time uh, time lags that will be implemented and community will have the way to review but this will be off chain governance and then there is this uh third part of governance which is the community treasury and all that there again we want to uh, we want to involve a uh, community on like right now till now you must have seen that polygon labs and some of the you know other other parties in the system or in the ecosystem they are actually doing a lot of bd work and things like that like now with this treasury we want more and more community to be involved how they will be involved as per the compliance structures of us and all that because the the regulation on daos also is keeps on increasing keeps on growing and you know i think largely everybody understands that you know if you if you have a pool of money which is controlled by token holders that's not considered very uh, this thing but we have to find out a way where the community is fully involved in taking some of these decisions growing the ecosystem and uh, you know uh, we are able to do it in a very very compliant way yeah sandeep anything else on polygon 2.0 cuz i want to move to another topic unless there's anything else yeah uh, I think like we discussed most of the part like you know yeah we we discussed that infinite scalability and unified liquidity with that uh, aggregator layer I think we discussed more cool. of it um the other thing that I think people know Polygon for are these like big BD deals right like uh mm-hmm. who are some of them Starbucks uh yeah. Meta Stripe Adobe Adidas DraftKings like some you know Reddit some of those big names I'm curious like I was, so I was looking at um the TVL on Polygon and uh you know it doesn't come from Starbucks no surprise and and, yep. and and Nike and folks like that it's it's Aave V3 it's Aave V2 it's Uniswap V3 it's Curve it's Balancer it's you know Compound etc it's the names yep. that kind of you would expect so I'm curious you know looking back like a year and two years later on some of these deals what are your what are your learnings maybe like the the pros of doing these deals and then the 
the unexpected like uh, negative downsides of doing these deals. Absolutely. So again, like, you know, this is this is one more part where Polygon is stuck with like kind of narrative. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, I, but let me ask you this question. For a proof of stake protocol, what do you think is more important? Like TVL or the transaction fees generated on the network? Uh, the transaction fees on the network. Exactly, right? Because yeah. TVL has no, like TVL matrix as a matrix is just a leading indicator that this chain must have a lot of equi- liquid uh, right. you know, right. going on. But imagine if I if we have an Instagram chain or Instagram on our chain and Instagram is generating $10 million of transaction fees, that transaction fees is going to the protocol token. Right, the uh, transaction holders. fees are, are, are 10 times more important. No, I, I, I agree with that. Exactly. Yeah. So all these deals, now, now you, if you want to open, let's say, Crypto Slam, open Crypto Slam and go to 30-day view on that and check that uh, as per 30 days, which are the top, what, what is the top protocol there? By volumes, I'm saying like, you know, I mean, I don't want to actually, uh, you know, say the this part, but I'm just saying on the volumes by uh, this one, like check the top three. What D market, board API club, DraftKings, DraftKings, you DraftKings. see DraftKings actually. Uh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Oh, 680,000 transactions, 30 days yes. up 113%, 14,000 buyers. I get, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. So, so basically, and, and now check like, you know, just Google like Reddit number of, uh, number of NFTs on Reddit. Right. There are 16 million NFTs that are, that have been generated by Reddit holders with a on-chain non-custody wallet, which, and the chain, these NFTs are minted on-chain. So 16 million transactions were done by Reddit, hmm. which actually would have given easily uh, I think uh, a revenue of roughly 250 to 300k to the Polygon uh, validators. Hmm. Right, that is the part that should be like. But only problem is that you know we only care about the speculative use case. Like Nike swoosh, for example. Check Nike swoosh. How, what Nike swoosh is doing? Just later on, you can Google how many holders they have. I know. I saw it. I'm in a. I'm in a group chat with some of the Nike crypto. It. I mean, yeah. They're right. So yeah. what I'm trying to say here is that. Because the whole narrative, and again, it needs, we don't have that narrative power in the, you know, on Twitter, because we don't have like those uh, influential uh, investors who can actually talk and then it becomes narrative, right? If we say nobody, you know, people say, okay, we are saying, but basically what I mean to say here is that lens protocol, for example, the many of these protocols might not have a lot of value trading on the chain but they will be generating a lot of transaction fees, which is the most important part part for, uh, you know, uh, for Polygon. But also, I would also say that, uh, you know, that value is definitely the leading indicator of how much, you know, activity is there on the chain. And I would say if if you go to the TVL also, even though Polygon has not done any any sort of uh, liquidity incentives for last two years, you still see, like Polygon after like in the Ethereum ecosystem, it's Polygon, Arbitrum, and then, uh, you know, yeah. oh, Ethereum, Arbitrum, and Polygon. Yeah, That's yeah. The number three. And that also Arbitrum recently, like in the last four, five, six months, uh, they, 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 they came up because of the, like, you know, obviously they have a great community, but also airdrop and whatnot. So what I mean to say there is that there is a lot of, uh, you know, traction uh, there. Uh, you know, and, and you should also like one more thing, like uh, J- Jason, I would say that if you go to the main page of this crypto slam, if you go scroll up and just go to the main page. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here, here. Yes. Uh, on the home page, just click on crypto slam logo. Yeah. Just click on crypto slam logo. Oh, and then uh, go to the chains. Basically, basically there is a, you know, on the top you have rankings, you yeah, go to yeah. the rank- rankings and chains blockchain rankings and then you do 30 days basically just do a 30 day average of that you see where polygon is yeah and for anyone who's listening you've got ethereum's number one and polygon's number two then it goes solana myth and and, you know like actually you one could argue that solana had like i think in the recent times like uh, only nfts going on over there right and then polygon community actually like you know in the nfts started like six eight months back last year november december and, uh, you know, a lot of projects are doing well mm-hmm. and projects are doing well over there. And it's it's claimed. And you already must have seen on the DeFi side. So on the DeFi side, also TVL wise, after Ethereum, Arbitrum, it's Polygon. Right. So you see, NFTs rank two, uh, DeFi rank three in Ethereum ecosystem. Gaming, 
gaming you know i don't even know like uh, how many people know about gaming in, in, because gaming nothing in gaming has actually exploded but in terms of the games building on polygon especially with the immutable x which is the which used to be like the you know number of they have like 150 200 games building on them they completely migrating over to polygon you know polygon is like probably from the rank 2 it will be easily around 1 to 2 orders of magnitude like orders of magnitude i'm not saying mm. 2x 3x i'm saying minimum 10x and up to a you know like 90% 90x also from because the rest 10% i think polygon has like 80 to 90% of that market and 10% is distributed between like various layer 1 layer 2s and things like that very little gaming uh, on that and most of these games uh, there is also this interesting stat maybe i can share with you later on which is which says that in 2022 there was around 1.4 billion 1.5 billion dollar of funding in the or 2.2 billion dollar of funding in the web3 gaming space and if you you know consolidate the numbers and extrapolate them you will realize that around 80 to 90% is polygon and imx uh, you hmm. know ecosystems and polygon alone is like you know around ethereum so if you see like multiple and brands the fourth segment i was talking about defi rank 3 nft rank 2 gaming absolutely rank one like there is no even not even second on that brands no second in that all most of the brands are polygon so if you see in terms of adoption like we are actually very focused and i told you the why of polygon is only about adoption like we don't we we believe we do, I, i should not say we don't care about the narratives we believe that eventually these narratives will subside yeah, and yeah. the fundamentals will 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 matter but right now the all the money in crypto space is basically on social layer there is nobody cares about this what do you think of uh of decentralized social like lens <laughs> and farcaster and what's happening on friend tech i'm curious what is this a uh, i know you're very bullish on gaming is 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 is, is social something you're excited about or not really no i am i am excited about uh, the social side where i feel that uh, there is something there but not like this uh, like you know i mean whatever gets popular or viral actually if you see that and that's the whole uh, you know kind of what i say misfortune or unfortunate that is very unfortunate for the industry that even now any use case that becomes viral that has some speculative angle to it right so uh, you know like where people are trading these things and all that like i i don't think like social uh, with, with 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 some with only these games will become uh, yeah. really big you need to have like some fundamental value being delivered to the users on top of that like of course there is native money you can add some other things so i feel social to become really really mainstream crypto social to become really mainstream we are we are we are some years away from that i am very bullish on lens protocol for example obviously they are because they are biased because they built on polygon but i think stani knows that like, he is actually building an ecosystem around it instead of himself building like few apps right right ecosystem so it can slowly 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 can start getting network effects and the thing with these things is once they go viral they really go viral yeah great um as we think about wrapping it up sandeep i i just want to zoom all the way out i had a i have a almost a non crypto question for you which is um if let's say you were in a room let's say you're in a room with you know maybe 500 institutional investors um and you know execs from fortune 500s and stuff and none of them really understood crypto and they they asked you this one question they said sandeep can you explain to me the business model of polygon and they don't know crypto how do you how do you think about explaining that to them yes so when you say business model of polygon is the business model of protocol not the polygon there is no polygon labs is a company and it is also non profit it does not generate profit right it's a part of the foundation only so there is no profit that comes to this what happens is that you are building a protocol where both demand and supply is outside of you demand is demand what is the demand for demand is for trustless computation whether you are doing in a decentralized way or you are doing in a single sequencer way that, that you are just providing trustless compute and you have these third party developers who are on the demand side who will be using these services and they'll be paying transaction fees for various parts of the of the network who will get this transaction fees that is the supply side and that also is outside like where you expect the community and the whole like you know people from the whole world to join this uh, join this protocol and run various different kind of nodes or services which which will be served to these 
demand side people who are looking for trustless compute. And in this between, whatever transaction fees is being generated, that goes to the uh, supply side uh, people, that is people who are running the nodes. Now, how does it connect to the overall, let's say, token ecosystem or whatever, like, you know, for example, if in case of Ethereum, how does it connect to the value of Ethereum is that all these, or in case of Polygon also, all these validators, they stake, they have to, because they have to provide these services, there needs to be some way for them to act uh, or, or, or their incentives to be aligned in the direction of working positively towards the network. So they stake these tokens and these tokens, stake tokens, uh, you know, determine how much gas fees or how much part of the transaction fees they take. The larger number amount of demand here, which is generating larger amount of transaction fees in the network, the more your, uh, you know, validators of your to- token holders who are becoming your validators, they are going to, uh, you know, generate that fees. And ideally, if that fees, let's say today, if 5% is a US Fed rate, if today uh, your network is generating $100 million in transaction fees, right? So ideally, your token should be valued minimum 20 billion if 100% of that is stake minimum 2 billion dollars because that's like 100 million is 5% of the of of that fee so people are like staking that amount of capital to earn that 5% uh, yield yearly uh, on that right so that should actually how it relates to this and then some of the tokens are owned by all the projects treasuries and all that and they have to use it till the time the projects you know reach, reach an escape velocity and from there, the foundation also can dismantle itself. The project becomes ossified. Right. It goes. That's how, like, there's no business model for these. Like, there's no money making for the teams who are building it. All their incentive is in those tokens, actually. That if those tokens appreciate in value, probably, you know, the, the founders will also get something. Right. If at all. I, I hope you would get something, Sandeep, if, uh, if, you, guys, <laughs> if you guys accomplish this. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully. It's hopefully, a long time. The last question I had for you is, uh, so so Mike and I spend a lot of time like thinking about uh, just getting inspiration from other businesses outside of crypto, right? Whether that's Bloomberg or, you know, other media companies or data platforms or whoever it may be. I'm curious if there are businesses outside of crypto that you look to for inspiration. Uh, outside of crypto uh, businesses... I think like, you know, off late, what I, what I see is like crypto is so speculative in nature, right? Like, you know, I actually have started appreciating the normal traditional business model where, you know, uh, people have uh, uh, like, you know, you put input uh, capital and you build something around it. Like you build a factory, you build something and then, you know, you are generating revenue out of it and hope that revenue minus cost is, you know, is positive. I appreciate those uh, models also. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Because there's like so much of speculation in in crypto, and we are trying to build this decentralized, uh, you know, ecosystem where community participates and uh, you know everybody participates. But then the thing is, there are very very small part of our community is interested in things which are not speculation. So which is like kind of a hard and unfortunate part of uh, you know our, our our thing. And I think we need to do well on that because let's say in five years from now you still have to invite people like me who are building infrastructure for these podcasts. That means we have failed as a, as a collective. Like you should be inviting apps. You need the uh, apps and the consumer platform. things. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So anything all anything more, like, you know, you want to ask from me, you know, kind of controversial and whatever, that will be more fun. No, no, I think I think this is a good uh, good over, overview of Polygon 2.0. Good, good chat out kind of the L, L2 wars, infrastructure wars that are going on. Uh, interesting getting your take on some of these like BD deals and yeah, man, great, great conversation. Yeah. No, and one, one more thing, I think I, I, I just, uh, you know, this thing is that, uh, we have, we have also, we are also, you know, we've also launched this Polygon CDK, which is basically the consolidation of all the Polygon technology, uh, which can be used to run your own chains, like run your own ZK chains. Like this has been already there. A lot of players like IMX, and IDEX and, uh, you know, uh, so many applications and so many Palm Network and all that, they have announced that they are building their ZK chains using this. Uh, but, you know, for us, we had to, you know, we wanted to bundle it into one single package. So Polygon CDK uh, would love people to check that out, especially the founders to check that out. Like you can build your own ZK chains, which can be completely sovereign. Uh, you can have like, uh, you know, ZK proofs, which provides you like five to 10 minutes or half an hour uh, you know, uh, maximum half an hour uh, movement to and through movement of the funds, liquidity from Ethereum to uh, 
ஒர்க்ரோவ் <laughs> and more and more scalability is coming to that because provers are like polygon provers for example are very very efficient so it's like hardly any cost for you so i definitely recommend uh, founders to who are looking to launch their own app chains do look at the zk technology because technology is fairly mature for you to launch your main nets with that and uh, also this is the only uh, path that will provide you interconnectivity like using the polygon aggregate layer also it provides you the interconnectivity or liquidity aggregation uh, or seamless movement of liquidity across chains so if you launch mm. with this let's say with polygon network your liquidity or your chain's liquidity is connected across multiple chains so people can move to and fro without even coming to ethereum uh, their funds and in future as i explained at the start of the uh, podcast that you know you would be able to have cross chain transactions in a matter of like 2 to 10 seconds 15 seconds which is almost like all these chains start feeling like they are one single That's great. Sandeep man, a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much.